Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
It is 8.05 here in the prairies. It should be 10 uh, in East Coast. And uh, if I put another 8, it should be 16 hours in um, Lower Zambezi National Park. Uh, so that is how uh, time uh, goes there. Um, a very good morning to all of you, uh, those are joining us uh, online. A wonderful day and uh, a lot of stuff to uh, cover as always. Uh, so uh, just uh, stay tuned if you are able to call in and uh, you would like to uh, participate. Our number to call is 13, 13195276219. Yeah, 319527 6219. Another, we used to have a very easy number to, to deal with. I, do, I don't know how Block Talk Radio came up with this number. Uh, yeah, I want to check if people are hearing me. Nathan, you can hear me? Hello, Nathan. Hello, Nathan. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was saying uh, uh, back in the day we used to have a very easy number to deal with, but uh, this one, even after so many years, I still have to write it down to make sure I've got Do it. Do you right. know that uh, even even now for me to put it on Facebook when we're doing the post, I I have to load it up. <laughs> for some reason, typing is not a problem. But it is remembering mm-hmm. in my head just to say it off my head. Oh my goodness! Oh, but I also, okay. Good morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when typing it is already there. I think my my my, my, my hand is a uh, uh, program to, to to do that. Good morning, Magasoso. Uh, good morning, my brothers. How are you doing today? Happy Independence. We uh, we we, we, we are having we, we are fine. Yeah, Happy yeah. Independence yes, yes. to you. Where have you vanished uh, to? Uh, no, I haven't vanished. Uh, you know, I'm always in the background I'm listening, even if I am not on number one to be in the line. Okay. I am just around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, 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 a cro- sometimes a crocodile has to lie low and then it's pouncing. Yeah. I know, right? And then it, and then it, it, it pounces. In North Carolina, Dr. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, good morning, good morning. Yeah, so, uh, like, like I said, uh, a lot of uh, areas uh, to cover this morning. On top of uh, the hour, uh, we are discussing a major, major topic, uh, Dr. Patrick, like us also here. Uh, no mining in the lower Zambezi. Our court, our high court, uh, Dr. Patrick in Zambia, just authorized um, a mining company uh, to, to mine in the lower Zambezi uh, National Park. And uh, as you know, some of us um, are heading the uh, tourism uh, forum so that is uh, very, very close to what we are doing on, on this radio. And um, a lot of people are fighting back in Zambia. Uh, we, 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 we do not need uh, uh, the, the mine 
to be established in the in the National Party. Like we said last week, Dr. Patrick, if you remember, we were asking if we cut all the trees, what is our thinking about the inhabitants uh, who uses those trees? What is the thinking as human beings? Uh, and those are some of the questions we are asking. The, the mines, uh, Nathan, some of us who lived in the Copper Belt are gone. You know, it's only shells which are remaining there, people scrapping. The real value of those mines uh, are, are, are gone. So for how many years can we uh, give up uh, a national park just to, get, just to gain how many years of mining and then go back to what? Uh, someone sent me a link, a link yesterday in Colombia. A small town has refused the mining of the so-called, said, five billion. Um, a mining investment into a gold, uh, uh, a gold mine. And the people there have said, no, we don't want it. And we are also going to ask this morning, what is causing all this? Why are people, you know, shining away instead of saying, oh, yeah, 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 we celebrate mining, mining is coming here. Yeah. But people are shining away. We don't want this. We don't, why, what is causing all this? So we are going to ask that uh, on top of uh, the, uh, the hour. Um, uh, like I said, doc oh, you, you were not there, Nathan. I was uh, telling Dr. Kajira uh, that uh, one of the things I really want to be, to be pushing uh, on, on, on the first hour of my show is a presentation of um, um, some news of some sort uh, from, the, from the forums. So, for instance, you guys in health, in, in, in education, uh, we should have some news, any news uh, coming. Uh, probably I can even start with uh, that this, mo this morning, uh, since um, oh, they are all professors here. Uh, they are all doctors here. Uh, I, I saw it in uh, South Africa, how they are promoting alumni, um, uh, alumni associations. And I was wondering to myself, Nathan, uh, uh, whether our, our university is very uh, keen uh, following up. How active are they following up their, um, uh, their alumni? Uh, to this lady who was at the University of, I think, Pretoria or something, Northwest University uh, in uh, South Africa, she says uh, for any university, uh, this is uh, a very, very critical thing. Uh, to do. It's following up uh, the people who went to that school, uh, and those are the people who are going to develop uh, uh, the, the school. So that is the kind of information in Athens we want to be following up uh, little by little, not, not too much, uh, just little by little. That way we know we are, we are focused on our, uh, on our targets. Comment, Nathan. Unless Nathan, you, you, your, your mic or something is happening no. to your phone. Yeah. I think my phone is just acting up. I realize oh, okay. I'm talking, then I'm talking to myself. Then I hear you. I can hear you, but you can't hear me. Then I hear you. Yeah, say, oh, unless you. Nathan. Uh, now, I was saying yeah. that, remember in our earlier days, uh, Zambia Block Talk mm -hmm. Radio, we pushed this thing about. Uh, 
former UNSA students getting engaged with the school, the whole university. Yeah. And uh, you remember one of the shows we had Doris here when she was education minister and we talked about this. Yes. You know. So it's very, very important. It's very, very important. Because one of the things you observe, those of us that have had the privilege of attending school on this part of the world, is the alumni associations are very strong. Very, very yes. strong. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Patrick, um, what value, the next question I'll ask there is, what value uh, do alumni uh, bring uh, to to a school? I'm not sure if you still belong to your alumni, if, 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 if you remember where it is. Uh, what value do, you, do, do, do they bring to, uh, to the school? Well, many of the alumni uh, associations have newsletters in which they keep us informed as to what's going on, the progress of one particular particular incident or one particular issue or one particular development. So a newsletter is very powerful. We also have reunions, which we get together to find out how others are doing and uh, what thoughts are on the table. It's, It's similar to a Zambia Blog Talk radio conference on a yearly basis. We all get together and give updates on the projects that we're working on. Another thing is the networking strength. Many of the the alumni I like that. Yeah. graduates are in various uh, professions, uh, various recognized professions, uh, whether Ooh. it be in medicine, in science, in the health uh, field, in the mental health field, any any walk of life in engineering and construction, any walk of life you can imagine, uh, they are members of and part of. So that's an extended uh, networking. So networking of our association, and then the association networks with other organizations. So the 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 unity is magnified tenfold. So um, alumni associations are very powerful, uh, very good, and we we keep in contact. Uh, it keeps us grounded, so to speak. Yeah, I I I I, I like that, uh, Dr. Patrick. If I can start maybe from the bottom, the networking uh, uh, strength that is uh, that that is huge. If you if you consider um, what you can bring together, if, if people um, uh, work to, together, someone may have uh, an idea. Say some of us who come from uh, Africa, uh, you, are, you are here in the United States, and uh, your other alumni has remained at, uh, at UNSA. They are teaching there. You know, the networking, the resources you can exchange, up- upgrading each other. That is uh, that is huge. That is uh, that is uh, that is big. Wakasenso, uh, you you have uh, a little comment uh, on that? Yeah, you know, um, you know, if we look at uh, the alumni associations uh, here in the West, the way they are organized, the organization of the alumni actually in in the academic institutions is an office uh, within the registrar's office in in most. Uh, 
for-profit, non-profit, or public schools here in the United States. So it is the university's responsibility to track those people who have graduated from there. And also they use that uh, uh, communication tool to their alumni to talk about the, thing, the different things that have uh, happening in the university, the developments and the opportunities for investment. So really, if we are trying to get the, uh, or to, to copy the model because we are for the most part, a copycat nation in terms of systems and models that we're using to live in Zambia. Uh, the University of Zambia, uh, of course, maybe it may have already, but if it doesn't have, then even we can't feel the, work, the impact of their work. It means that they have got work to do in terms of rounding up their alumni and also getting the alumni to make reinvestments. Uh, you yeah. know, I have, uh, you know, having passed through not less than uh, seven schools uh, on three con different continents, I always get communication from any of those schools and their initiatives and all those kind of things. So alumni associations are particularly organization, university-driven initiatives to uh, organize their past graduates to reinvest in the institution's initiatives. So that is where they can start from. And the other thing I wanted to comment on is that um, when we listen to their scope of work, when we listen to their scope of yes. work and the initiatives that they are doing, they are usually university-based initiatives. And we cannot organize them from, uh, for example, we cannot quarrel up the University of Zambia students from the outside and tell them, hey, you guys go and reinvest in your own school and stuff like that. If their own institution does not develop that, I didn't graduate from the University of Zambia. That doesn't mean I, I, I don't care about the University of Zambia. It just means that I am not part of the internal network that they can use for potential reinvestment in the institution. So it reflects the inefficiency of how the university is being run, actually, because the, the University of Zambia in itself as a lot of graduates, I have family members who graduated from there, <laughs> and, and, uh, and generations of them. Kid. Yes, you but, but none <laughs> has been able to be reached out to for any of yeah. the things. But I, I, I don't know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So it's on the university, not on the graduates. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it is um, when I was uh, listening to this lady in South Africa, uh, she was talking about Northwest University. How much investment are they put into the alumni uh, association? Uh, I, I, I think the new minister is um, a well-learned gentleman, uh, Nathan. These are people we should be uh, following up. Um, I'm not sure how high school works, <laughs> how... Um, um, connected our way to our high schools. But this is uh, some kind of information we are really looking for, just to, to see what others are, are doing uh, in education. Um, our own, our own uh, uh, tourism is massive, as you are going to see when I start to share. <laughs> there is plenty, plenty to see. Before we go there, uh, let's see what is happening around the world. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, those who are listening to us are uh, online and uh, you are expecting uh, no mining in Lower Zambezi. We'll take it up on top of the hour. Uh, so wherever you are, your top of the hour, we are going to take up 
uh, this uh, discussion. If you want to call the number, whether you are in the UK, in uh, South That's Africa, right. those who want to, part to, part to participate, uh, the number to call is uh, plus one, 319-527-6219. The number to call is plus one, three. One nine five two seven six two one nine. So that will be on top of the hour. No mining in Lower Zambezi. No means no. I don't know. We'll yes. see. <laughs> um, let's see what's making news uh, around uh, uh, the uh, the world. From Bangladesh. Let, let, let me just welcome some few uh, uh, friends uh, here. Uh, Noah, good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, everyone. Good to good to good, good to have you. Uh, good to have you. As you are, are you coding there? Is it uh, coding in Indiana? Because if people in uh, Dallas are complaining, you guys should be coding. Yeah. No, I think the people in Dallas don't know what cold weather is like. Yes, here it's exactly. Cool. It's just cloudy, yeah. I think. It's in the, I think, 50s, but I think the people in Dallas, they just like to complain. Yeah. No, they, they are at 50 as well, but uh, 50 for someone in Indiana and 50 for someone in Dallas, a uh, totally two different worlds. Oh, That's yeah, definitely, true. definitely. Yeah. I'm so Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Charlie. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we we are here on the water cooler as always, as you as you know. Uh, we want to uh, fix uh, the world, see what's happening out there. Sure, sure. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be uh, I'm glad to be joining in uh, a little late, but uh, but I'm I'm here. And uh, yeah, New York the, is now. Yeah, uh, that is uh, uh, the the big thing. And uh, to those uh, who are joining us uh, online, uh, those who are calling in. On top of the hour, we'll be um, talking about no mining, no mining in Lower Z Zambezi. You know, what's, what's up with that, man? Uh, I, 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 I can't imagine we, we want to do this. Uh, my argument mm -hmm. is that I don't think we've seen the fruits of mining yet uh, in, in Zambia. So leave the tourism, leave the national parks alone. So we add on our voice. Uh, some people have already filed an injunction uh, in uh, in Lusaka, which is um, and we'll see how we can support that. You know, it is one thing to talk about it; it is one thing to act. From Bangladesh, uh, some stories here. Sixteen people, Dr. Patrick, have been sentenced to death in Bangladesh. Um, for the murder of the 19-year-old student uh, who was uh, burnt uh, to death in April after complaining of being sexually harassed by a school principal. So she, she complained that the, the principal harassed her, and uh, this part of the world, uh, I guess women are not supposed to, to, to say this. So she was uh, uh, put on fire. And, uh, and, and she died. Uh, the court decided all 16 of them who participated in the death uh, should, should die. 16 people should die for this, uh, for this murder. 
that is just uh, <laughs> some news. Unless someone wants to say something about that, it's not a laughing matter, but I'm just thinking, I don't know. 16 people is uh, way too much people to just go and kill like that. Uh, or do they deserve it to die? Uh, uh, who wants to say something? I can say something about that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, each country has a system of laws. And if certain acts are permissible within their laws, then that is perfectly okay because that country and its people have accepted that. Uh, let me give you uh, uh, perhaps an example you may have heard about or you've never heard about. I lived for a little bit in the United Arab Emirates. In the United Arab Emirates, if you are convicted of stealing, the law in their country requires for the stealing arms of yours to be chopped off <laughs> so that you may never steal again. That is, yeah. they have reasoning behind their laws. They have even got changed, backing their concepts and all those kind of things. So within the global uh, um, uh, community or the global village, there is diversity of culture and application of laws. And if their country has those type of laws that we may consider draconian or uh, unacceptable to us or extreme, it is up to that society to transform that part of it. Perhaps that will help you understand why uh, many of us have immigrated to the university, uh, sorry, to the United States and uh, Canada or whatever, the Western part, because uh, the legal framework has got many mitigations that can help uh, cushion with extremities, uh, you know, and the mutilation of, uh, of humankind. So I think that if people commit a crime, they should be able to be punished, but if people do not commit a crime, they should be able to have recourse under the law to obtain uh, a freely. Do we see, like a so-so, as you call it, a global village we are living in mm-hmm. now? And we are calling it a global village for a reason. It is, a, it is not for fun. Uh, and the village is a village. By its, uh, mm-hmm. by its nature, mm-hmm. uh, meaning yeah. we we are now getting into one. We we are me- mm-hmm. we we are meshing together. You you mm-hmm. know, uh, meaning the the customs of uh, mm-hmm. the village somehow mm-hmm. there has to be mm-hmm. some consolidation. In in, in yeah. other way, in other words, uh-huh. what China may have seemed to. Uh, to, to, to treat its people as okay back in the past. Uh-huh. Coming in the global village, yeah. someone is looking and uh-huh. saying, hey, America, uh-huh. Texas, killing uh-huh. people is, does not make sense in a free society. Do you think there will be um, that consolidation of norms, so to say? Uh, yes, we, uh-huh. we, we, we are not anytime any soon. We, we are not coming close to that. But do you think this global village thing at one point, there should be some consolidation of norms uh, to say this is that, acceptable. Mm-hmm. This is way out of bounds. Roger, that is a very, very brilliant question you have asked, and I hope people are listening to this. Because you have asked a question, uh, and then when you ask a question, uh, the answer is actually in the question. Let me give you an example. 
we are using the word global village. Mm-hmm. Village, yes, it is one. The word village must refer to one. But in the word itself, global, it means that it's, there is diversity in there. Diversity okay. is not just about skin. It's about norms. Okay. It's about culture. It's about yes. propositions. It's about people, what people think. It's about religion. It's about people's backgrounds. It's about people's aspirations. So global village, it's a diversity village. So the norms of diversity village is what we must go by. And what yes. are those norms? Usually norms are local. So we are global, yes, but at the same time we are local. That's, it might sound paradoxical. The word global villages might sound actually paradoxical, but it means that for us to carry on with this construct of a global village, we also must embrace diversity. And the diversity goes down deep to norms, customs, culture, practices, religion, and other things. And that's okay. Let's be able to live. Yeah, let's be able to live with the the Muslims in Saudi Arabia chopping off people's hands for sinning. That's okay Mm. until they evolve (laughs) to the level of a different culture. Those people don't want to live there because it's a global village. They should probably move to Canada. No, that, that's, yes. all, that, that's, that's, that's what I think. Okay, well said. Uh, embrace, embrace is the key word there. Right. Uh, right. The next one. Right. Yes, right. 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 With respect to this girl being a young lady being burned, or or, or and helpless, true. But how we can empower ourselves and empower those who are listening is to do a couple of things. The first thing is remember the date of 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 this this occurrence. Remember the name. Of the girl, and remember I like that. the name of the principal, the principal in which she uh, accused of, of mm-hmm. having um, uh, acted in in such a way towards this girl. Remember those names, and every time the the um, uh, the country banger that should come to discussion and come to mind. Drop the name and drop the incident on. And say, do you know about this? Uh, whatever became of that principle, and that way you can keep it, keep the the incident alive and ongoing. And, yes. and in this way, we can pay uh, respect to this girl or young lady. Mm. Mm. I like that. I I I like that, Doctor Patrick. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was coming back to you, Dr. Patrick, another, in another story. Uh, this week, I don't know if that is still this week or was it last week, somewhere there uh, in Russia, uh, we had, uh, I think, some 40, uh, I need to research that, uh, 40 African countries uh, met with um, Putin uh, in Sochi, 40 African countries. 
So one surprising <laughs> thing, Dr. Patrick, is, is that uh, the African continent is always moving around. Yeah? That is just num- number one. Anyway, uh, Russia has written off about 20 billion uh, worth of debt um, from Soviet era uh, funding for, for a lot of African uh, countries. Uh, in this conference, there were, there were some 12 billion uh, worth of uh, 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 deals which, uh, which were made. Um, the, the bigger question, Dr. Patrick, that, that number one first I saw here, which I want to uh, talk about, is uh, most of these African uh, governments were going to buy weapons. The question this morning is weapons for what? The African countries. Why are we buying uh, uh, wepo- weapons? That is uh, n- number one. Uh, number two, what is uh, Russia up to, uh, Dr. Patrick? Everyone now is rushing to, uh, to Africa, which is a good thing if we can get our act together. E- everyone knows the bigger market right now is Africa. But in this instance, what is the Russia do, do, do you think is up to? So we have Chinese, we have talked about a lot of times. We know the Americans, what they are up to. What is uh, Russia uh, up to? So those two questions. Number one, it is on weapons. Why are we buying weapons, Dr. Patrick? Uh, against, is it against our own people? Or someday we want to fight with the Congo? Uh, what is up to? Or if I become so liberal, I don't, I've become dumb. Uh, go ahead, Dr. Patrick. For number one, with respect to weapons. If you look at Russia, today's Russia, and their economy, their economy is equivalent or less than the government of Italy. They are very poor. No one speaks of that. They speak of the the past glory of Russia and how great, quote-unquote, they had been or were. Basically, their greatness is, is propped up on the the hugeness of the United States. As hmm. the United States grow in, in wealth and grow in armament, you have to have a counterbalance, and the counterbalance is Russia. But economically speaking, they are strapped poor. What they do have is they do have energy a lot of energy, which is owned by the oligarchs in, uh, oligarchs in uh, Russia. And mm-hmm. uh, they, sell, they sell this energy to, to Europe. So there's a little balance in there. Secondly, they have armaments, uh, poor and outdated armaments, but yet still they are armaments. So they have these two aspects. So looking at that, you turn to Africa. You turn to African countries. African <laughs> countries have everything that Russian, Russia do not have. So what way can Russia sort of most of their economy or try to get a little money back into the coffers of the Russian government is to sell what they have. Now, they can't sell energy to African countries because African countries have energy. What do they have to sell? 
they have to sell, they have to sell armament. And mm. the best way to induce and convince African countries to buy the armament is to say that, well, we understand you owe us X amount of um, uh, money. Dollars. You owe yes. us a lot of money. So what we will do is we will forget your debt, but in turn, you purchase some of these armaments, and that way we'll come out even. And while we're doing that, we're also getting engaged in how we can work with our economies and how we can buy uh, materials from you and how you can benefit with working with us globally. Yes. So that's that's um, one of the major reasons why Russia is doing this in their presence in African countries. Russia know the wealth of African countries, and they want to somewhat tie into it, being that China is already in there and the United yeah. States is there. So they want to maintain a balance. That's very interesting, Mr. Patrick. <laughs> That's very yes, interesting. Uh, so uh, we, we we may see it as a for forgiveness, but it is tied up to some shady ag- agreements. Um, but then uh, before I go to Noah, Doctor Patrick, uh, then uh, I don't know the same discussion I was having with uh, Doctor Casonso here. These African countries, these weapons, what are, what are they for? Uh, or am I naive? What's my problem, Doctor Patrick? Well, they're 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 going to use be used as excuse me they're going to be used as a policing force implement if they need to uh, take action against some uprising or a neighboring country that maybe is incurring <laughs> into their their territory which is yes. prompted by outside um, influences, that's what they're going to use those weapons for. But remember, many of the weapons that they're purchasing are outdated and outmoded. And by yeah. a year or two, three down the road, you won't be able to use, they won't be able to use these weapons. So to use so them anyway. Temporary, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, temporary. Roger. Yeah. Roger. Uh, Roger. No, I just wanted to amplify on his point, but uh, you, you can let him finish. Yes, yes, please okay. do. Please do. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Please, please do, and then I move to uh, Brother Noah. Uh, get, get get ready, I'm coming. Go ahead, Vakasonso. Amplify. Yeah, um, the sale of weapons to African countries is a business. So in that sense, Mr. Putin is being a savvy businessman and is just trying to find new markets for his products. Because what we have about Russia right now is nothing just but weapons. The only area in which Russia can compete with these United States is just on the weapons and nothing else. So he is trying to sell the product to Africa uh, on that score. Uh, and he should be applauded for that genuine effort because each president or each government should look out for the interests of their own people and their own country and get mm-hmm. some more money out. 
You know that Russia yeah. has certain sanctions uh, in relation to dealing with U.S. businesses. So they have to find other avenues of corrowing the global currency into their system to improve the economy. So in that sense, Mr. Putin is being a genius. And secondly, uh, from the point of view of a, of a boy that grew up in an African village and understands African conflicts, bloodshed, and all those problems, you have to excuse me to not think that Mr. Putin is being a jerk because he's sowing blood. Those weapons he's putting on the African continent who find yeah, exactly. themselves in the heads and in the backs and in the hearts of African people. So yes. if there is any effort on the global scale to oppose that, I could probably join that. At the moment, we have none. Because here in the United States, we have an administration that is abating to such activities. So mm. it is kind of a dilemma for the, for the world in that sense. I also wanted to comment on Dr. Patrick's uh, phrase of the oligarch. If you look at the characteristics of what is called an oligarch in Russia, and you come and look at the characteristics of Warren Buffett, Donald Trump, uh, Zuckerberg, there's no difference. So I, I always try to run away from such phraseology uh, where we have to, to carve Western businessmen, profiteering capitalists, into some hero form of entrepreneur and if it's on the other side, we have to call them oligarchs. But I think that us, the neutral minds, and from our kind of background, we should desist from such. Those are businessmen who are functioning according to their conditions and their thing. And this phrase, oligarchs, I think it's a Western insult on Russian businessmen. So uh, that, that's just the things I wanted to comment on. Roger, before oh, okay. we don't, don't, don't look no. at don't look at it as don't look at it as an insult. Um, just look at it as the terminology and phraseology that's used in various countries. For example, Caesar in 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 the Roman days, uh, Caesar was used as a ruler. The title that led Italy at that time, or it led Rome at that time. Uh, fast forward, the name Saw which is the king or the ruler of Russia, is taken from Caesar. So from Caesar, you come to czar. And that's similar to what's happening with respect to oligarchs. You can call a Russian an oligarch, which is in their terms are business people. And you can call, um, you can call it a United States um, a multinational uh, an oligarch. A conglomerate, that's what we're called. So it's a terminology, but it, it means the same thing. So don't don't get caught up in the terminology, and I agree with you. In a sense, they're the same. It's how, it's, um, it's how they uh, proceed with respect to capitalists and money movements. Roger, before you okay. jump to Noah, before you jump to Noah, very quickly, uh, the way I'm looking at this Russia thing, in my opinion, is this way. When we take a, a negative and intrusive situation like uh, the Russian hackers or a Russian government, whichever may be, uh, influencing the American election, for you to be able to penetrate through the American uh, security firewall system 
you must have a very advanced technological system. We agree, right? For you to be able to penetrate through the American system, you need to be very advanced in, on your part. I'm saying that to That's make this point. point. Russia can help Russia can help Africa in terms of technology and IT instead of dumping weapons there. Russia, I like that. Putin doesn't Putin doesn't have a market for weapons. He's just found loose, poor, easy people to influence to dump those weapons on them. Number two, we have an energy problem in Africa. Russia has got a lot of energy. And it's one of the highest exporters of energy. If they're able to export it to Europe, they can export it to Africa instead of dumping weapons on them. That's weapons. my point. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, Nathan. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have f- uh, full reporting, I should be that uh, part of uh, this conference uh, is uh, what they are calling soft, uh, soft power. Uh, the Russians are saying, uh, as far as education is concerned, the American education, the Western education is very expensive for, for Africans, and they are providing the alternative. So it is not just about weapons. It is uh, me being as a journalist who is uh, uh, biased, so to say, just talking about weapons. But I really wondered, Nathan, you're right, I really wondered why African and I mean, point. yeah, like, like you yeah. have said, education is one point that uh, that we can also talk about. But I just thought about them having the ability to penetrate through the electoral process of the American system. They are technologically that, advanced, yes. and we yes. we need that yeah. in Africa. They can help <laughs> us in that area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I had an exchange with an old friend of mine um, yeah, in Zambia who posted the question about the Sam Putin conference. And then I asked the question, hey, what are they going to pick from there? And then he answered to me, he said, he's, he's trying to teach them election maneuvers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, anyway, um, right now, Africa, what we are trying to do, Africa uh, Union, there is to bring the, the countries together. It is to see how much um, the Eastern East Congo, there, how we can reduce tension. Uh, the Rwandas of this world, that kind of tension which is in that uh, region, how we can reduce it. Not finding ways of how we can kill. Uh, each, uh, each each other. So <clears throat> we we, uh, we we shall continue. We hope our our leaders are listening. Um, please, uh, when you go to Russia next time, don't ask for weapons. Ask for their technology uh, advancement, uh, their their, edu- their education. Uh, Noah, Noah, Noah. Where is Noah? Noah. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Sam. Just listening. Okay, no, you are not just listening. I'm coming to, I'm coming to you now. I'm coming to you again. On top of the hour, we are saying no to mining uh, in Lower Zambezi. It's a major discussion. Uh, so please, uh, those who are listening online, uh, don't be confused. Uh, this is where how we roll. Two hours is a lot of time to just stay on one uh, one topic. So we try to talk about uh, other 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 items. Uh, Noah, there is um, a report coming from from Africa again. Uh, the African Union has issued a statement calling for the immediate removal of sanctions against Zimbabwe and uh, uh, 
by the Western powers. The statement was issued on Friday when many African countries held activities to show their support on the removal of these sanctions. And our own president actually issued a statement. Um, uh, you know, it may not be our cup of tea that much, but uh, I, I agreed uh, with him uh, on, that, uh, on, on that statement. I don't know, brother, no, if you are like me, who is uh, wondering what it will take uh, for the Western world to remove sanctions on uh, Zimbabwe. Because we were told once Mugabe goes, the sanction goes. Uh, so what's up now? What's going on? Yeah, I think that's that's a good question. So, uh, of course, we we lost our comrade Mugabe, and of course, the sanctions <laughs> were put there just to frustrate his efforts yeah. and his pan-African approach. But I think what we have to understand as Africans, especially some of us living in the West, if you go back to uh, the tra- trans. Uh, transatlantic slave trade in those days. The mm-hmm. Africans or black people were brought to the this land, so the Americas, to for the benefit and for the service of white people. It mm-hmm. has never been the intention, and it was never the intention at the time to foresee a situation where black people rise up and sort of qualify or apply for uh, citizenship. That Good was point. never the intention. But mm. throughout the course of time, uh, black people started organizing and then they sort of pushed some revolution or revolt. So you have to bear that at the back of your mind when you are looking at these things, even when it comes to the IMF, the United Nations, all these major organizations out there. The primary purpose for them is to maintain a certain uh, rule of law, which in their eyes, I think it applies sort of to maintain the white supremacy. So when you look at the situation in Zimbabwe, mm. uh, of course, Mugabe was used as a front because Mugabe's point, of course, we may agree and exactly. disagree with certain, yes. uh, certain things, but Mugabe was looking out for his black people. Just like you look at uh, Mandela comes out of pre- prison for 27 years. Of course, what was happening in the background was the white rulers at the time wanted to remove the same conditions, I mean, sorry, the sanctions which were imposed on South Africa, not necessarily that they were excited that Mandela should be out of prison. No, it was to remove the, condi- sorry, the sanctions which were imposed on the, on the country. So, of course, it's unfortunate that uh, Comrade Mugabe is gone and the sanctions are out there, I mean, still there, so that just tells you that it was just a front to use Mugabe uh, as an excuse to have those sanctions because since he's gone, then the, the sanctions should have been removed. So I think for now I'll end there. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, Mish. Hold on, Mish. Okay. There is okay. quite a bit <laughs> line up here. Hold on. I'll, I'll be coming back to you, Mish. Um, you, you've lined up just uh, like a writer, Nathan. We will do or a writer he is, eh? <laughs> the way he has uh, explained. <laughs> eh, Brother, no, you your, 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 your one cent uh, on, 
on, uh, on, on, on this issue because uh, our friends in Zimbabwe uh, are really suffering. Um, th things are tough, like as in tough in Zimbabwe. Uh, so we thought at the end of uh, Comrade, like he, he says, Nathan was laughing, uh, Comrade, Comrade Mugabe, uh, going, things will stabilize. But that's not the case. Um, uh, can you add on your 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 your, your one one cent here uh, to send to the Americans and everyone else to say real people are suffering in in Zimbabwe? Uh yes. I'll put in my two cents. It, it, the, mm. it, it, the sanction could have been they could have the Americans could have promised that when Mugabe goes saw the uh, the sanction. Because they didn't, they probably did not think that after Mugabe goes, the same thing that Mugabe left would continue. If something had changed between Mugabe's death and now, there would have been a new government in. There would have been, you know, different civil rights movements. I mean, like, like after Mugabe left, the new president came in. Mm -hmm. The military was still shooting people. The ruling party is doing the same things that that, that that Mugabe was doing. So they are looking at it as even if the sanctions are, are, are lifted, Zimbabwe is still, the people of Zimbabwe are still going to be treated the same with the president that's there now. I'm sure they were hoping that there will be a change in government after Mugabe, Mugabe goes, a change in the leadership, a change in, in, in the environment in Zimbabwe. But it is the same. So lifting the sanctions to them, to the Americans, I think, would say, well, we're lifting the sanctions, but the people of Zimbabwe are still being oppressed. The opposition is still being oppressed. The people are still being treated the same way. So what is the reason to change the government? I mean, to lift the sanctions. Change the way the government deals with the people. Then we'll change, we'll, we'll, we'll lift the sanctions. It was a mistake to say when Mugabe goes. Because the same thing is is, 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 is is continuing, and unfortunately, I do have a relationship with the current president, but I, I just do not agree to say the election, the way the election went, and the outcome should not have been the outcome. And the Americans are looking; they are not going to lift their sanctions, knowing that it's the same thing that's going on. I know I wouldn't. Sorry to say. Well, well the, mm -hmm. Union, the, the thing is, 
Um, in Africa as a whole, the way I look at it, as long as we are dependent on someone else to pay our bills, we are going to continue crying and begging and living at their mercy. You see, even the, the, the situation in Zimbabwe, no matter which, the, the, the main reason or one of the reasons why they can't allow Zimbabwe to succeed, even after Mugabe, is because if Zimbabwe succeeds without returning the land to the white farmers, Zimbabwe becomes a success. What do you think South Africa is going to do, the black South Africans are going to do? Because they had already started saying Zimbabwe is doing well. So they had to make sure that Zimbabwe is a failed state without the white people. In that way, they can, the South Africans have a foot they can say, you see, we're going to end up like that. If Zimbabwe succeeds without the white farmers, what's going to happen to Namibia? What about South Africa? What about, you know, so those have an effect on it, you know. But the long-term solution for Africa, whatever conditions we find ourselves in, we have to figure out a way of standing on our own feet. Because as long as someone else, because if I, if I come to you, Roger, you are paying my electric bill and everything, then you tell me I must switch off my electricity at 10 p.m. No matter how much I scream and kick, if there's nothing that you're going to lose by me insisting mm. that I want to go longer, why are you going to change? Why are you going to allow me to keep spending more of your money? Mm. What are they losing? U.S. and China becomes a very difficult war because both sides have something to lose. Even when the U.S. is fighting with Russia, there's something to lose. But with Africa, what does the West have to lose? You know, if we can find out the way of the minerals that are in Africa, uh, yes. turning them into finished products on the continent of Africa, then we have a leg and we can say, Europe, we don't need you. Mm. We can do our own manufacturing here in Africa. You know, we have the money system, the currency system. You know, yeah, what the yeah, European yeah. Union is doing with well, the Euro. What about the African continent? Can we come together yeah. and have a strong economic African economic front? It's a big point, uh, Richard. It's a big point. Uh, it shows how how weak we are. Uh, no matter what is happening in, uh, say, for instance, in Hong Kong, the Western powers right now, there is nothing they can do on uh, they can do to China right now. There is nothing no. they can do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there we are uh, as as leaders. Uh, I think that was the, the, the question asked. What is the message? The message is that uh, the African Union, get your act together. Get your act together, you are not going to need somebody's approval to have uh, your economies functioning uh, in Zimbabwe or in Zambia or anywhere else. You have all the minerals, you have all the, the, the resources. Um, I don't know if I got uh, his name uh, last week, uh, Nasser. Pastor, I, I don't know the name is Pastor, but at the end I didn't get the name. Uh, good morning, Pastor 314, Bani. last for number 3846. Pastor Bani, Bani Mulendo. Bani, Bani, Bani as in, mm-hmm. as in how? Uh, how do you spell your name? Uh, B as in boy, A as in how, Apple, R as in Romeo, N as in North, E as in East, and Y as in Yellow. Okay. Okay, anyway, Mulendo, it's much easier to do <laughs> welcome, my brother. Uh, uh, welcome. So we are just uh, on top of uh, the hour now, and uh, we are going to be uh, transitioning. Um, I'm not sure anything you've heard so far. You want uh, a, a one cent um, before we, 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 we transition. 
No, I think it's okay to transition. I'm just uh, uh, listening. It's interesting to hear all those contributions from one of you. So just go ahead. Okay, not a problem. Titus, uh, Saint Paul. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody? Everybody is uh, is okay. Uh, other than the people in Texas complaining, the weather is 50 degrees. By the way, it is uh, 110 degrees Celsius in Chirundu, Zambia. Uh, 95 in Lusaka. Like yesterday, it was uh, like hot. Like as in very, very hot. So 110, so buy, that is some. So, uh, so so how can you use air? How can you use air conditioner or a fan when there's 18 hours of load shedding? Well, <laughs> that is, um, uh, and uh, well, here it is, well, yeah, it is already zero degrees in uh, Okotox. Uh, um, but it is, uh, the sun is coming out, which is uh, kind of good. So we expect things to, to, to improve. Um, the question, Titus, that's what a lot of people are dealing with right now. Um, uh, like we are going to be talking about Ramulenga, uh, Pasamulenga. You remember last week uh, you, you were here, we were talking about uh, trees. Well, what have they done in Osaka? They are not, I, I think by nature, Osaka has uh, not too many trees. But then uh, I don't know if they call it development. With development, every area where there's supposed to be a tree, the tree has been cut. Guess what? What we learned last week, Dr. Patrick was telling us, the trees provide the air. You know, that uh, breeze, it's the trees which yeah. provide that. So when you cut it, this is where Lusaka is now. And uh, mm. the, every home has a what? As a wall fence. And that wall fence is like an oven. You know, they, they, they store heat. So it's a bad, bad co combi combi combination. Uh, but thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, those who are joining us uh, online, if you are my friends in uh, Johannesburg, supposed to call in, please uh, call in. The number to call is plus one, uh, 3195276219. Those who are in the UK, uh, please call in. Please call in. Let's uh, make uh, this uh, uh, discussion. Uh, Roger, just a quick question. Do we have? Yes. Uh, I just thought about it when there's people from South Africa to join. Is there any way we can get a WhatsApp number for Zambia Block Talk Radio so somebody can call in using WhatsApp? No, not yet. Um, I know they can use uh, Skype. But uh, at the moment, uh, I don't know there are technical issues uh, with Block Talk Radio. They've taken Skype uh, provision uh, out. So the only way they can do it is uh, to call uh, that number uh, in the, uh, using the regular phone. Um, from what I understand, uh, yeah, even calling from Zambia, it's quite cheap actually when they call. Uh, go ahead, Waka. So you are saying something? Yes, uh, I, I had just uh, two points to say on the topic because I know we are going to a different topic. Uh, okay. The Reverend Charlie's point on the sanctions on Zimbabwe, I think we should have amplified a little bit more on that, is to understand why the sanctions were imposed. 
And uh, he, he was correct. The sanctions were imposed because of the actions that Zimbabwe took to appropriate the agreement of the Lancaster Agreement to gain independence for the people of Zimbabwe and get their land from the Rhodesians. So now what happened in Zimbabwe was that the Rhodesians sold the story overseas that their property was being grabbed by the government. So literally, Robert Mugabe, may he so rest in peace, he was maligned after going into an independence agreement of 1980. So the government of Zimbabwe has to go back to the drawing board on how they can correct that. But the correcting of mm. that uh, may have to come to the fact of giving up that land. So that is a non-starter. So they have to work on different modalities and different methods of coming at that. But the comment that was made that we, as African people, we have to stand on our own, that cannot work. The global economy is interdependent and interconnected. Uh, what we need is a blueprint for reaping the benefits of the global economy. Rwanda played the sympathy card for genocide, and they got something. South Africa uses superior product distribution across the free tariff borders in the sub-region to become the largest, second largest, and for the longest time, the largest economy across the continent of Africa. So it's using those innovative methods of reaping the benefits within the global economy, not trying to think that we can stand on our own. That world where we can stand on our own does not exist anymore. It's to find competitive uh, advantage. Roger, I, I beg to disagree with Katonso uh, on that <laughs> one. Because even if it's a global economy and everything is integrated into one big economy, when you have nothing that you are offering in our position, what are you going to the table with? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that when we manufacture, whatever we manufacture, we consume it ourselves within Africa and just trade amongst the Africans alone. No, that's not practical. Even in China, the population of 100 million people, they have to be everywhere else in the world. But they have something that they are bringing to the table. Outside of uh, people mining our minerals and taking them out, at very, very exploitative minimum wages, what does Africa really bring to the table? How about we take ownership of those same... Uh, no, I think I think we are saying the same thing. I think I think I think we are saying the same thing. I think we are saying the same thing. What we are saying is that we have to have what we are offering, uh, and uh, yes. uh, we, by what we cannot be is a standalone. We have to have something no, that we are offering. We have to bring a product. We have to bring a method. We have to bring a competence. Rwanda used the sympathy card and the genocide. South Africa uses superior mm. product distribution across borderlines. We have to find something within ourselves to reap the benefits of the global economy. I think we're saying the same thing. Okay. Uh, what yeah. I would say to that point, Roger, is, is this. There, is a, there, was a, there was an article circulating online a few days ago. The, the, here's what, what the problem is. This is what I believe. And from the beginning of this forum, I've been saying this. You know that there's 70% trade between European countries, 70%. What is mm -hmm. the trade percentage between African countries? Less than 20%. That in itself, Lusaka speaks volumes. There is no direct flight from Lusaka to Accra. Why? There's no direct flight from Zambia to Egypt. Why? There's no direct flight. All those things say a lot of things. But you have traveled. You can go from London to Brussels by train and all those things. 
although I know the African Union is working on this train, whatever they are calling it, but why are we always talking 30, 50 years? That's not the language the Europeans use. If we, whatever project we are talking about, it's 50 years, 70 years. In other words, you are saying it. This is the way Tafiaka Chitike, sorry, Dr. Patrick, to use that language. I'm saying it will not happen. They don't say, well, when we were in Las Vegas, Dr. Patrick, you were there with us. How long, Roger, I used this example when we were in Vegas, when somebody was expressing frustration with dealing with African governments to do business with African governments. When the government changes, or like Mushimba was moved from telecommunications and transport to education, if you were dealing with Mushimba Bakasonso on a certain project when he was at telecommunications, they bring another minister, you are basically starting all over again. You don't even need to change the government. Just change the officers or the people holding those offices. It took Jerry Jones less than, what, two, three years to build the Cowboy Stadium, a multi-billion dollar project. I'm sure you've all seen it on TV. Why are we always talking 50, 70 years in Gatwambo Kulandama project to Zambia? Dr. Patrick, we are always talking 50, 70 years. Even HH, I was looking at Twitter here, Roger. Even HH has posted something here on Twitter. He says, let's look at the Zambia ADA. Uh, where is this? You see, he's talking about Zambia should look a different country by our 70th independence anniversary. Why are you talking about 70th independence anniversary? Why not 60th, which is closer? You see, I'm having a problem with that reasoning, Roger. That's why there is 70% trade between the European countries and less than 20 between the African countries. A problem to acquire. Roger, one last quick thing. If, even if we just do the infrastructure of the roads and everything, so if I can fly it from Zambia to Accra, what am I going to buy? What am I going to trade? What's the business that's going to take me there? As long as everything, we, we can have those connections. But if the products are coming from China and everywhere else, and I can't go and talk to a manufacturer in Accra, really in terms of doing business, that becomes uh, what's the point of traveling there unless I'm going for tourism. So those are some of the things that what does Accra offer that Zambia needs? And how can we link them? Of course, the road network, the, the flights and everything are there. But let's promote that trading amongst one another. If we can produce sugar, don't get sugar from Cuba when you can buy from your neighbor here. Uh, you know, and, and things like that. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Dr. Patrick, uh, I, 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 I spent maybe uh, half of this week looking at uh, uh, tourism reporting. And yet we haven't even gone there, not even one bit. I'll probably um, save it, save it for next week. Or I'll do a one show on, on Wednesday or something. It, it hurts. So time is gone, in, in other words. Uh, so we are moving to the lower Zambezi, no, no mining. Um, the court, as I said uh, in the beginning, uh, has approved. Uh, the long-standing battle uh, between the environmentalists and most of us uh, in Zambia uh, to stop the mining, uh, the Zambezi Resource Company, uh, from mining in Lower Zambezi National Park. <clears throat> but the court has given a go-ahead. And uh, as always, I think Zambians are up in arms 
uh, we want that uh, uh, decision uh, reversed. So we want to look at um, some of the aspects of uh, uh, this uh, decision. Um, we want to start uh, with a question is, uh, uh, what are the benefits, really, uh, these people who want to mine in the national park? Is there any benefit to the nation? Um, maybe some of us, like I said, we're just becoming too liberal for, for some. Is there a benefit, Dr. Patrick, uh, to allow mining in the national park? Is there a benefit? I'll ask this morning. Dr. Patrick, why don't you lead us into that discussion? I think one benefit, if any, would be that any mining would result in 50% of the profit going to that park. And in addition to the 50% going to the park, the, the preserves in the area, reserves in the area, are to be built and maintained by the mining company. Also, electrification of the of the lodges that are being built, that will be built by the mining company, be maintained and preserved. And the roads entry to and from uh, this reserve in neighboring communities be built and also maintained and preserved. Uh, if, if this is done, then there's a benefit. If not, stay out of the reserve. Uh, and, and this is where the problem is, Dr. Patrick. Maybe I'll stay with you a, a little bit. This is where the problem is. If we see what is happening in other towns, so for instance, if we see what the mining has done in Copper Belt, Kitwe, Mufurira, if anything, if anything, Dr. Patrick, uh, the Zambians the, and most of the, the world over, there's a a story from uh, Colombia. It said five billion worth of investment in a gold mine. People are saying no. Uh, they, they are saying no. Um, the, our experience, the, the, our experience tells us there is probably very little benefit to allow mining in these areas. You also have to take into consideration that the neighboring uh, townships and the people in the townships. They will have to move eventually because of the toxic yes. air that will yes. develop from the mining. So yes. uh, the people in the community will have to move. They will lose their mm -hmm. land, their property. Yes. And the only people that will yes. truly benefit are the people that are getting the money out of the mine. Yes, again, if this is if this is what's going to be done, then the contract would should outline the benefits that's going to be reaped by the community. Uh, they they have to uh, take care of the air purification as well as all of the others that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can so also, the issue of also, air, uh, 
uh, you can also you can also uh-huh. build build the hospital that Brother David was talking about. Because you're going to need a hospital to take care of the people that that the mining industry affects. Okay. Um, Brother Noah, probably the same question. The, do the benefits of mining in the in the uh, in the national park uh, outweigh? The, I no, don't know I, if it's the disadvantages of not mining. Yeah, I think like uh, at the end of the day, we have to have some order and structure in a country. I think when you look at even the Lusaka, I think Lusaka was designed for to, I think the population, initial population for Lusaka was I think in the 500,000. But now we are close to a million, if not more. Two. So when you two. look at two. that, yeah, like yeah, two million, two. which is beyond, I mean, uh, what was initially designed for. This is why people are giving plots in every, I mean, left, right, center. So when it comes to mining, I think there are certain places where we need to preserve the natural resources and uh, look at the <clears throat> maintaining in terms of like, the, I mean, the best scenery, the national parks. So when it comes to mining in certain areas where uh, it airs on the side of national pride, I would say the government should sort of, I think if the government has taken the stance that no mining in certain national parks, I totally support that because I think there are a lot of areas where the national park may not be impacted, but I think they can look into other areas and not really trying to start mining in every every locality which sort of destroys the the vegetation and I think we had that discussion last week because the the uh-huh. reasons and the importance of having some of these I mean species in certain localities so we don't really we shouldn't really uh, support uh, mining in all I mean areas of the country especially in national parks in the national in the, in, in the national parks. By the way, uh, the update for Lusaka population right now is 3.2 million. Uh, that's where the the city has uh, as reached 3.2 yeah, million. That that's terrible. Hmm. That's terrible because you see, I think I looked at some pictures from the 50s. I think slightly after independence. So a lot of areas in the in the Lusaka area where like the Mississippi compound is and these other places, those were places where, I mean, they should have been just, I mean, areas where it's free land for vegetation, but now when you look at Lusaka, it's overcrowded. It will very much liken up to the likes of Lagos, Nigeria, when we were watching these Nigerian movies. You find that uh, land-wise for Nigeria, it's actually slightly smaller than Zambia, but the population there is beyond over 100 and close to 140, 50 Million, which is way, way too much. So I think our government, they need to ensure that they preserve some of these places. We just can't be mining anywhere. I, I, have, a question. I have a question, Mr. Charles. Maybe somebody can help me. Yeah. Uh, usually, usually here in the States, when a, when a judge makes a decision on anything, they sort of write a paper on how they came to, to that conclusion. Now, all we know 
is that a judge allowed this to happen? Were there any reasons that he gave for making for for getting to to, to that conclusion, for getting to that result? Did he weigh both op- options to say, okay, I looked at the environment, I looked at this, and I decided, or did he just say mining can go on? Does anyone have an answer to that? Because that can help us <laughs> can can help us understand why that decision was made. It is actually very funny um, <laughs> that you ask that. A- according to what the online reporters uh, are saying, uh, is that uh, the case was given to uh, the mining company to go ahead on a technicality. And that technicality is that the people who had filed an injunction to stop the mining did not file uh, the follow-up um, uh, briefs, so to say, court briefs. They, they didn't. So the time expired. So it was only taken clarity that they were given. But uh, knowing what Zambia is, that taken clarity probably could mean the court has lost the, uh, dubiously lost the, the papers. We don't know. The court could have uh, lost the, the uh, the, the papers, but it is on a technicality, so we are taught. Um, but for a major, major development, major project like this one, tell the people who have uh, failed to file uh, an injunction to file a fresh one. You don't allow no. mining to to go on. No. Uh, Pastor no. Manga. But yeah, I know. On a project like that, mining, the environment, all the consequences, the, the health issues, everything that's going to be attached to that, and all the minerals that are going to be taken out of the country without paying us the correct taxes, why is it being left up to individuals and not the government to decide whether we're going to mine there or not, whether that, that, that the, the game park is the right place for mining or not? Why isn't that something that the ministry has already uh, decided as a country, it's in the policy, that we cannot mine in these areas? Why is it even up for, uh, for, for debate with these investors? Where is, what's our government, what does the government have to say? What about the, the ministries that are concerned, the Ministry of Mines, the Ministry of Environment, all these people that are supposed to be protecting the interests of Zambia? What do they have to say? You know, because, uh, and that's one argument that I have. And then the other one, uh, which I may look like I'm contradicting myself. Our trouble is when you are living in poverty, you have to look at: Do I eat today, or do I ensure that my great grandchildren have? <laughs> so th- that's the dilemma that we have. <laughs> so here in America, I can have. Let me continue on that, Richard. Let me continue with you on that on that one. Do I live today? Because that was going to be my question to Patamlenga, but you, you, you can call sponsor that question. Do I live today uh, or I wait for tomorrow? Uh, from our experience from the Copper Belt, the mines, they've expired date. Whether we like it or not. So uh, I'm not sure whether I'm going to say are we going to be so irresponsible that let me live today, tomorrow will take care of itself. Is that what we are saying to ourselves? The question is, how long? And if you compare that with uh, tourism, for instance, 
Kula yapofie, Dr. Patrick. In Zambia, we say kula yapofie. You just be eating. Tomorrow you are eating. It's not much. But you are guaranteed well, another hundred years to a reason you will be eating. So, Mamrega, help me. Yeah. Help me. Uh, like, uh, help me. No. Go ahead. You are no, you are you are right, but my, my argument still comes down to this. Even those mines on the copper belt, which one of them has totally shut down and nobody has come back and made money out of them? Those mines, there are still people making money. They just stealing. Even the mines that exist, they have not been exhausted. The trouble is that when you are dealing with people who don't have the interest of the nation at heart, they are going to go to where they can mine at the cheapest possible cost and get everything out cheap. The moment it begins to to, to cut into their profits a little bit, they abandon it. But someone else comes after them and still is able to mine. The copper belt, from the time they said that uh, the mines are no longer viable, people are still making money from, you know, making the still some activity there. People are making money. Those mines have not been exploited. Uh, the investors that come, because they don't have the interest of the nation at hand, the value for what they can get easily, the things that they have to put in a little more money, a little more investments to go down and really get those other minerals that are there, they walk away, go to the next uh, easy spot. You know, but at the end of the day, the government is the one that is supposed to be safeguarding, safeguarding the interest of the, of, of, of the nation. If they can't, let the chief step in then. Because someone is being paid behind the door, behind the, the back door, just like here in America. We know it happens. That's why you have lobbyists and all those. But it's the same thing. So now we are in Zambia are showing that we cannot depend on our government. How, what, how can the people be organized, the locals, to rise up and perhaps shed enough light on the issue that these companies will back off? They'll bring so much heat from the private, from the, uh, private sector that they have to uh, get away from it. You know, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to go ahead. Mm-hmm. That same judge. Okay, let Pastor Mlinga come in. I don't know if that was Dr. Patrick. Pastor Mlinga, coming in a little bit here, Matari is saying people are still mining, but the outcry, in my view, in Zambia, first and foremost, some of us who grew up in the Copper Belt, if you go back to Kitwe today, the place is not. Uh, the vibrant, the vibrant mining towns we, 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 we left behind. That's number one. Number two, the outcry across Zambia is that we are not benefiting from uh, uh, these mines. So, for how long, Bamlenga, will these mines last? Meaning, uh, all these crumbs we, we are going to, to, to get, whatever. Go ahead, Bamlenga. Well, uh, there is another Mlenga there who is a pastor, so I don't know. I'm not Italian. Eh, I'm not Italian. So you mean So that's that's okay. the way I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> All right. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, before I comment on um, the questions that you have raised, I'll probably be interested in. Um, finding out um, if there is any specific objectives that um, we you do have as a block talk radio. Um, the reason I ask it, I'm sure you do have, but say, for mm-hmm. example, if uh, we have a discussion today on a particular subject, 
we have uh, yes. quite uh, impressive uh, brains, uh, you know, discussing matters with uh, quite extensive knowledge. My thinking is, is it possible for us to exhaust one particular subject and uh, come up with a paper which eventually should be submitted to the, you know, either our government or through the ambassador's office in order that whatever that which we are discussing, eventually we should be Back able to look out, for, look out for if there is really an impact on our <clears throat> government, you know, when we have discussions like this. Because I know that uh, being in America, I've never lived here before. This is my first time. I've just been here for a year now. And I've come to understand that time is really of the essence and uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, you know, uh, valuable for the Americans. And unlike uh, uh, in our case, you can uh, have three holidays in a particular month. You don't even <laughs> care about productivity. But, but, but here, time, time is very important. So I'm just asking because I wanted to know, if among the brains that discusses we could have a secretary who is going to take note of what would be our resolutions at the end of a block tech radio time so that those eventually you can send them to each one of us on email and then we critique and uh, you know consolidate the points and then see where we can channel them and maybe you know, make a formidable force amongst ourselves where we are able to say, guys, we are going to contribute money. We are sending a team to meet, you know, President Inolungu and make certain suggestions as to what we see on matters of uh, the lower Zambezi, matters of, uh, you know, uh, the, the vegetation, matters of this mm-hmm. and things like that, so that we are able to say at the end of the day that we did achieve this and this is what we'll be looking forward to next time. I don't know if you can provide me with a little bit of a, a response on that. Yeah, you, you are 100% uh, correct. Uh, you are 100% uh, correct. Uh, resources uh, allowing, one of the things I think we've planned uh, to do over the years is uh, if within ourselves we, we don't have any time uh, to, to do and transcribe what has been said. We've been on radio 10 years. This is our 11th year, Mamling. <laughs> Not easy thing. Yes. So we, we could probably hire a journalist student from um, uh, Evelyn Horn. Uh, these things can be, someone can listen and they can transcribe that. Transcribe. Uh, mm-hmm. So resources allowing, that has been our goal. For the 10 years, we haven't, uh, I won't lie to you, we haven't, we, we, we haven't done. But what, what, yeah, what, what you have I'll said. I'll push for that motion uh, <laughs> immediately so we can be able to say the next 10 years will be more constructive in I terms like of the impact of our like resolutions that. and stuff like yes. that. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, 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 I really do. I, I, I like that. If um, I, I'll, I'll give you a call, and then we can probably be, uh, start talking, and we can yeah. push because more. Last week, uh, so, sorry mm-hmm. to take you aback. Um, last week you raised the issue of uh, trying to make suggestions to the 
the man H H and stuff like that, you know. <clears throat> and uh, you know, if 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 we don't have resources to uh, accord this uh, particular assignment to somebody from Evelyn Horn or wherever, why not amongst ourselves with the uh, the competence that uh, you know people have, you know, amongst uh, the teams that come to this Brockdale Radio. If someone would just take time to, you know, jot down some of the things. For example, if we start one subject, we look into it for 10, 20, 30 minutes, and then we say the next 10 minutes, we'll say, what then do we say is our resolution on this matter? And then we say one, two, three points, and somebody jots that. Because these governments, I think they are willing. You know that uh, when you say you are from America, I'm from America. I want to meet the finance minister. We have uh, something to discuss with him, an appointment to be granted very easily. And you, po- you, you, you produce the, you know, uh, what the parallel budget we were talking about. Yeah, you produce the parallel it. budget. I, I, that's a big one. I've always thought about us producing a budget. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So those things okay. we, we can with the people that are there to write. I'm listening. I'm listening. No, that's not enough. You, you have to say something. <laughs> 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 Um, you can't hear me. Now we can Hello? hear you. Oh, okay. We can hear you, Nathan. Yes, I was saying that, uh, Pastor Mulenga, what you are saying is in line with uh, some of the resolutions we came out with from our 10th anniversary celebration and business conference. Those are, we are going in that direction, actually, by being proactive in the way we do things and uh, work as a forum and as a radio show. But that's a good dimension as well that you have presented in, from that point of view. Yeah. Uh, uh, the question I guess what Mlinga is asking is, who amongst us uh, is willing to transcribe uh, what we are, we are talking I about think, here? Uh, Baroja. Baroja. Yes. Yes. I think what my good friend, the Reverend Raban Mlinga, has suggested warrants a separate department like those tourism and those other things because that way you can harness the journalists within our group and our friendship okay. to be able to put those okay, things together. I like that. But uh, what I'm getting like at that. is that, uh, yeah, uh, what I'm getting at is that uh, I've, held, I've always held this view, but somehow I've never been able to bridge it, that we are a form of a think tank. But a think tank that does not record its thoughts, only records its conversations, uh, cannot be effective. So I do think that your, the leadership should probably look into forming that as a separate group and populate it with journalists. And then other experts can be able to transcribe and transform those things into positional papers. And that can be very influential. I think. Um, that was a brilliant idea. In in the scriptures, yes. they used to say, "Flesh and blood does not disclose this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven." 
<laughs> but what the discussion here, uh, uh, which I came very wired for, is this campaign to fight the mining in the Lower Zambezi. Yes. In the Lower Zambezi, we have water. Uh, yes. And they are minerals. <laughs> you should you know so, say things. <laughs> now I feel quite in <laughs> yeah, because because I, I, I am, I am, so I am. So, 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 he wants to, want to go No, no, no. I, 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 I know. I've learned that I have to yeah. translate. So, uh, yeah. in the lower Zambezi, we have birds, and we have elephants. Yeah. So now, uh, yeah. But in the local language, that's where the thought was coming. So I have to bring it in English now. In the lower Zambezi, yeah. we have the birds. And we have the elephant dung, and then we have the minerals. Then we have a starving population. So if we are a starving population and we're a country without specific, specifically powerful competences to contribute to the global economy to reap those benefits, we have to pick what can we get from there between those three things, for example, the birds, uh, the elephant dung, and the minerals. To help improve and the our water. Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you can add water because the water we are harnessing, trying to develop hydroelectricity through a major Batoka dam, but whatever dam, whatever they, are, they have contracted the Chinese to do that. So, there's something that they're doing about that. So, what we have to get is, into is challenge them to give us what they are thinking because some information that we don't have is what they are working with. It's a pity that in our system of government, with regards to giving citizen information, they treat information like ifishimba, like 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 some stuff to do with witchcraft, which they have to hide and all those kind of things. But if they give you that information, perhaps it could be that what we should be debating about is the value of those minerals and who is going to own it. Is it the local or it's going to be uh, co uh, commercialized to an international enterprise? Uh, that is where we have to come back to the Reverend Charlie's uh, point about national interest at heart. National interest at heart is not uh, uh, the, the currency of Zambia. We have to move away from that. And we have to borrow some aspects of rugged individualism. And uh, those aspects of rugged individualism means that Ichalo Bantu, Pabantu Vena Zambia, benefit. The traditional view, the traditional view that we have is that Zambians have to just benefit by getting jobs. But jobs is not a benefit. Jobs is an activity. The benefit, the real benefit, is entrepreneurship and being able to get equity in the, those minerals or in those things that we are doing, we're talking about. So if they have found active and real minerals, we know that since the beginning of the republic, since the founding of the republic, we, the Zambian people, have survived on copper on the minerals. If there are new minerals discovered there, there must be, a, uh, we, we shouldn't sacrifice, no, we shouldn't they keep the minerals underneath this sea. Let's just be bringing tourists to come and do, watch the wheat of Anzovu uh, and also watch the, and swim in the rivers and the crocodiles. No, 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 no. We shouldn't do that. What we should do is try to push the government into localizing the ownership of any prospective enterprise that they are trying to develop 
on the discovered minerals in there. We shouldn't even go to court to hinder them from not doing that. That is totally responsible. We cannot keep the waters just be watching them whilst people are starving in the country. When we, we have something underneath us, look at the United Arab Emirates. The United Arab Emirates has got nothing. What do they do? They just go underneath their foot. And what do they suck? They suck. They suck. They suck the oil from there. And they build these opulent buildings. And 80% of the people who live in their country come from all over the world to enjoy that with them. That is okay. That is how the global economy is being developed in today's world. We cannot adopt the ideas of the environmentalist. The environmentalist is, is a flawed concept. You cannot it, care it, for the environment more than you care for people. Uh, like no, no, let me finish my point. Let, 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 let me finish my point on the environmentalist. The environmentalist mm -hmm. wants to care for an environment more than for people. No, the priority is first people, then the environment. Not the environment, then people. I, 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 uh, to, uh, with you. I, I don't know if Ban Mulenga has, uh, has, has something to, to contribute to. Let me respond to what Dr. Kasonsho has said. Two things. Uh, I, I appreciate your sentiments and your concern for people. You yourself said earlier that the answer is in the question. You just, people, these people, we are saying we need to be concerned about the welfare of the people. You've said it yourself, Dr. Kasonso. They are simply going to be employers or workers in that mine. Okay. Me, I've got two issues to raise with that mine in the Zambezi, uh, whatever. Number one, what is going to happen to the ecological system of, of that area? Number two, with a mining company going in there, it of course presents certain aspects and factors to what will happen to the tourism aspect of that, of that place. How is the place going to be divided, structured, partitioned, and which area? I mean, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Now, even just discussing it, it's not even making common sense. It's like to say there are certain places where certain activities shouldn't take place. The mines in Zambia, like my brother uh, Alan said, will simply be exploited by these things. Okay, so which company is this Roger that wants to mine in the whatever? Something that they cannot do in their own country. We've discussed this subject before where these companies <clears throat> come from abroad. They come from abroad. They abuse our system because they know our rule of law is weak. I, you know, I've been avoiding to say this statement. Let me just say it. I'll get in trouble, but I'll just say it. How much will the judges pay? <laughs> oh, 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 let's say how much pressure will the judges uh, uh, receive from, uh, uh, from, uh, from, from government? What, what yes, was the pressure? that's the point. Maybe I shouldn't say how much were the judges paid. My question is how much is somebody benefiting from this under the table? That's the question. And we know that they put, pre we know how things are done back home. It's not a secret. We've even seen, even whilst we are hard on ourselves, we've also seen in these Americas, in Canada, how everything is flawed. Everything is flawed in the whole world. Nobody's an exception anymore. 
Donald Trump alitulanga kariati, everybody is vulnerable and everything is flawed. All you need to do is just be on the phone with your friend from another country and tell them, hey, can you check out this guy, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm trying to say. The question is, like, so how much pressure did the court receive from the government to, to, to let judgment go in that direction? I don't think it was a Let me take this number. Uh, I hope it is not my buddy from uh, uh, South Africa who's been here waiting. 219, two, uh, last the phone numbers, 1688. Good morning. Uh, last four numbers, 1688. Okay, that's okay. You're just listening. Um, you, you, you can come in any time. You can press one, and I, 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 I I'll know you, you are trying to uh, to, to come in. Rasimbaya, uh, welcome. Vamulenga, uh, back to you. Uh, back to you. Rakasonso got your, your position. Rakasonso is submitting Ukwevati um the mining if it benefits the the people uh we should go ahead we we are trying to be conservative that's not going to to save people's people's lives what, what say you what say you uh, come again ra nimova nasa nimova nimkwa roja kokanata Roger. Okay. Uh, Coming hey. in with your question. The question is this: I'm going to He's saying this mining should go on because of the benefits it brings to uh, to the local area. People are not going to be eating, uh, to be watching the the Zambezi or watching the whatever tourism. If the mines bring real money, let the mines go ahead in the national park. In the lower Zambezi National Park, let the mining go ahead. What say you? Okay, I, I think for me, my what, what I would say is, uh, if the mining project is likely to empower the community, uh, communities around that area, <clears throat> then uh, it would be better to have the mining project commence. But okay. if you also look at uh, the same game area that we are talking about, how much benefit does it bring to the government coffers or to the community around it? If at all it doesn't bring any manner of benefit, uh, of all the places I've heard where tourism is active and we have more tourists coming, you know, uh, I have not heard the lower Zambezi, uh, the, particularly the place where you, you're mentioning, have an influx of um, you know, tourists and that the income has been so big that it has impacted positively on our GDP. So uh, the point uh, Mr. Kasson, uh, Dr. Kasonso has raised, it's valid if at all the project of the mining will benefit the people. But if it will not, then there is no need. Uh, coming back to the other point that uh, somebody raised just uh, a little while ago concerning how much were the judges given, I think we know very well that, um, you know, with such a decision in the courts of law, you know, concerning a bigger, you know, project like that, you know that somebody powerful somewhere has an interest. 
So yes. uh, the decision made is saving the interest of a particular individual, and this is what we have to run away from as Zambians or Africans. <laughs> you know, we have to allow that the interest of the nationals becomes a priority. And if something is going to benefit the nationals, let's give it to them. Unlike a situation where an individual or a particular group of people or a political party that either is in power or outside power in the opposition is going to benefit, I think that is very unfair to our people. And, uh, you know, I may also add that, um, uh, uh, you know, when you look at the copper belt, dollar in particular, where I've been for probably 40 something years. Uh, you know, they've dug the whole entire area of Mundola Mufulila. There is nothing left at the bottom there. You know, there could be one deposits of uh, minerals here and there, but they've dug so much that in the future to come, I don't know the disaster that might befall our cities in Zambia. So when you talk about digging again in uh, northwestern, in the lower Zambezi, it's another problem that we have to think about. How many other places are we going to do the same thing without adding value to our economy as a nation? Whoever is going to do the mining is going to do it, and he will take the money outside. So I come back to my point that I raised, brothers, if only you and I can put our heads together and make a force that can push these political leaders and make them understand what is best for the people, putting it in writing as our po- position on a particular you know, governance issue, I think we are going to make a great change that in the few years to come, we will begin to see how that the government are responding positively to every suggestion that we have given. And there is a chance for, you know, as we look towards 2021, I think this is a better time for us to come up with such suggestions and put them on paper and send them over in whichever means that we can use, whether to send you guys to go there and uh, present or we send them by whatever means. The most important thing is before Avale Samupawa or Avale Shalamupawa, they are able to remain at 2021. Let them hear from, um, you know, another, you know, uh, group of people of what they are thinking Zambia should look like and how things should be done, whether it's judiciary, whether it's executive powers and so forth and so on. Okay. Uh, well, well said, well, well, Thank you so so much. Uh, yeah. th- thank you so Roger. much. Well, well, Roger, well, well, maybe, well maybe we can. Um, yeah. <laughs> Roger, maybe can yes, we challenge ahead. ourselves and, and and use this as a uh, uh, you know like some kind of a uh, example for us? Can we find out uh, was there an environmental study done when this mine was coming in? What study was done? What's the feasibility study? No, no, but, 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 but sometimes they do them not concerning what will happen to the environment. They will do a study concerning how much minerals can I get out. Is what I'm saying. So our question is... You know what, Chad? You know? Yes. Um, and you are right. What we need is they information have, from them. them. Provide us you information know, about this. Uh, that's, that's, that's what's what happening in, in, in Sorez. 
300 square kilometers of trees gone. Those trees will never come back. And, and, and those, and and those, those uh, uh, miners, those miners, the government is always fighting with them to pay their fair share to the, uh, to, to the treasury. We can't receive. What is the purpose? 15, year old, 15 years? Or is it that Wakasonso doesn't even think about uh, his grandchildren the way people here do? No, so no, no. Wakasonso is thinking uh, along the way, or oh, I should just eat today. That is enough. No, because people no, are. No, what we are 15 years old, my brother. Yeah, yeah. Roger, if I had finished my lineup, that would yeah, be yeah, why. The what line we need to know is the when I talk about finding out what studies were they were taken, also in that on your list of okay, we want to know what's the impact on the environment. What are the costs versus uh, you know in the environment this will be destroyed? We were going to cut down three hundred thousand trees, but the benefit will be uh, three million trees. Okay, that's obvious. We we go for that. Uh, what about uh, in terms of the profit? When they who is mining? Where are the profits? How much is going to come to government? How much remains in the country? How much are you going to reinvest in this country? You know, the copper belt when they were thriving, those guys were putting a lot back into the community. That's where we learned how to play all these sports and all these things from the money from the mines. Now, is there a way before the project starts? Because, like Roger just said, we are always fighting with them. Pay your taxes. No, we are not paying. We have to lay off people. Every time the government says pay taxes, we are going to lay off three thousand people. Uh, that's ridiculous. Can now, if we can, that's what I'm saying. We go to the relevant authorities. They just look at how much weight has been done. You never know. They may come back to us with facts and say, hey, gentlemen, this is what we studied. This is what is going to come out. Actually, the benefit to Zambia is going to be ABCD versus the, 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 the downside, which is only one, two, three things, but the benefit is this. We may, we never know. They may surprise us. But as long as we don't have that information, you know, and then if they have not done that homework, we just might uh, wake them up and say, hey, maybe we need to listen to these guys and ask some of these questions. The Tanzanians, yeah. uh, you would want to know, the Tanzanians, the Kenyans, East Africa, they are getting 5% of their GDP from uh, tourism. The fact that we... Um, we have not figured how to uh, develop tourism, which is sustainable, by the way, and that's a big weight. I, I may, I don't know if you 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 you, you came across that word, Vakasonso in school. Sustainable. <laughs> You're my brother. I'm not yeah. joking. But sustainable. I know. I'm hearing you. I'm actually enjoying Sustainable, Muncho. The minds are not mm-hmm. sustainable. You and I know that. They might give us a boost for ten. Ten, ten, uh, for 10 years or so, they are not sustainable. Tourism is. Um, Dr. Patrick, do you yeah, agree with me? Let me take you to history. Go 600 years ago, 700 years ago. The white people have always come to Africa and dug our grounds for more than 700 years. Most of what Africa is, is a ditch from Cape to Cairo. Bapoyama diamond, Bapoya everything. And that's where we have this glittering global economy from. That we have to keep in mind. There is nothing that has happened to Africa. 
because of the 600 years of digging under it. It's intact. It's the mother of the earth. If they, just on the backyard of the Zambezi, they've discovered some good minerals that can help people. What we have to campaign and fight the government over is a stake in those minerals, not the stake in two ones of us. We have to well, campaign. Well, if we have failed in the Zambezi, no, 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 we let, have me failed in let me finish my point. Let, let, let our government fix what is happening in Zambezi today. If they no, we will go. We are not discussing Zambezi. National Park. Let me finish my point. You know, we can fix the region, but we're talking lower than right now. So what I'm saying is what we need to fix with the government is a stake in those minerals because we do know from the beginning of the republic that it's minerals that educated us. It's minerals that put Zambia on the map. It's minerals that won the Africa Cup. It's minerals that put even Zambia on the map of the world. So if there is something, a little mineral that has been discovered there, let's not prioritize two little ones over the minerals. No. Okay, Nobody okay. Can two that time there. has gone. Yes. Dr. Patrick, last word. Thank last you. word, Dr. Patrick. That last word, Dr. Patrick. Uh, big big, big uh, suggestion from our brother, uh, Bani Mulenga, here. Uh, we, we, we need to be very serious, uh, Nathan, transcribing this and uh, reporting it uh, somehow. We, 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 we'll go around it. We'll, we'll discuss. Dr. Patrick. One way of, of doing this is we've already, we record, we tape all of the programs, every Saturday program, and we need to yes. identify someone to go back through them and also uh, write down um, the, the outcomes and the thoughts of those programs. So we can do it that way. Okay. Live discussion has also caught in a little bit late. I'm sorry I couldn't come to you. I didn't know if you had captured everything we talked about. Please come every Saturday. We are here on radio starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, those who joined us uh, online, we are grateful. We are, we are going to work on this. We are going to be supportive to the Green Party who have filed an injunction yet again in the, in the courts. No mining in the in the Zambia in the Zambia uh, in the lower Zambezi National Park. Have a good weekend, everyone. God bless you. <laughs>
study the band power But still, Mutumba ni fulu gisawa We get into the back watchtower I remember down Nikumbuka pas Benezo pempa bonse mwenzo yanga na kumbulo Nikumbuka pas Benezo bona banza ine kufa na pepo Nikumbuka pas Benezo pita bonse muna nikuniseka ine Onana Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.